0: When it comes to refrigeration, convenience is at the very heart of Adande refrigeration. A perfect choice for convenience retailers, Adande's patented modular units deliver so many efficiencies, it's no wonder multi-site brands such as GetGo and Sheets are installing these temperature-stable, hold-the-cold fridges across their U.S. food courts. To find out how Adande can help you deliver great-tasting product for your customers, save you energy and space, and improve operational efficiencies, go to adande.co.uk or adande.com. Professionals in the know, choose Adande. You're listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast, brought to you by Global Convenience Store Focus. Shop Talk Live is a unique video and podcast series featuring senior retail executives in the global convenience, fuels, and mobility retail industry, hosted by Dan Munford and Carolyn Schneer. Welcome to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. To kick off season three, Dan Munford talks with Right Hand CEO Jesper Ostergaard about several unique 7-Eleven formats in Denmark. Recorded in the summer of 2023, they began by discussing a 7-Eleven pop-up store in the Danish Democratic Festival, an opportunity for citizens to meet their elected officials. Three years into their participation, right Hand has learned to maximize their full potential at the event, including an easy to assemble setup, Jesper and Dan also dive into Right Hand's dramatic addition of stores in the Copenhagen Airport with a combination of 7-Eleven and 7-Eleven Go. When complete, between the two formats there will be more than 100 7-Eleven stores in the airport, more than any other airport in the entire world. I hope you enjoy this episode and certainly go to our website at globalconveniencestorefocus.co.uk to see this video in its entirety on episode number 59.
1: Well, um, welcome to this special edition of Shop Talk Live. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by my very good friend and uh, our uh, our guest, Jesper Ostergaard. Jesper, of course, is Managing Director of Rice and Convenience in Denmark. And uh, we always enjoy working with you, Jesper.
2: Thank you very much. Nice to be here.
1: So... Yes but um this is an opportunity for us to catch up with what's been going on uh, in 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 the right hand business uh, yes. of, cor- of course across the nordics and the baltics uh, as as you are um you've just he- held a, a democratic festival and uh, we love the way you do things at right hand so i just wanted to ask you what is a a right hand democratic festival what happens
2: well well i would love i would love to say it's our democratic festival but basically it's a danish it's a danish idea it was founded in 2011 and uh, the whole idea is basically to bring together political parties grassroots uh, different associations companies decision makers and normal average citizens. So basically how can we make citizens talk to pol- politicians in real life, instead of you know, watching on television, reading in newspapers what's happening. So that has been going on for years. We did not attend in the beginning, but the last three years we have been there. Uh, it's not a sort of a commercial event or festival. So it's the whole idea is not to sell a lot of products. The reason for that we are there is that we years ago decided that we had to become something more than just an average convenience store we wanted to be able to impact decision makers politicians in terms of rules and regulations Uh, we wanted to talk about our vision and strategy we wanted to be very visible about the fact that 7-eleven denmark is so much more than just pizza slices coke and hot dogs So attending this festival, which is like a three-day festival with 75,000 participants is of course uh, a festival where we do sell a lot of products and that's great. But the main idea for us is basically to talk about our vision and strategy and especially around sustainability, animal welfare, uh, healthier choices basically. So, so, that was a great event. We attend in def- different panel debates, both small events, big events with thousands of people. Uh, so, it's a, a great opportunity for us to be part of the agenda when it comes to politics and regulations. So, that's really nice to be there.
1: What a great idea! You know, I wish every country did did that. And and you built you built a pop up store.
2: Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's there's a lot of logistics going into this because for some reason uh, it was decided that this festival goes on on a very remote island, so everything has to be taken there by boat participants either go by ferry or uh, are flying to the island so every time we close down and pack everything away we keep it at a farm at this island and then we rebuild the store the year after so but but that itself creates a certain feeling you know you are far away from the rest of the country it's, it's usually fantastic weather in june uh, so so it's a great event yeah definitely
1: very 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 interesting and um uh Obviously, the Danish market, what you're doing in 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 Denmark and in Copenhagen in particular, uh, has been of great international interest this year. We had a we had a very successful uh, event uh, with you, which you you helped us host uh, in Copenhagen back in March. Um, you enjoyed that. I think you and your team enjoyed that.
2: We definitely enjoyed it. We have a lot of visitors coming uh, to to see our stores and talk to to us, but. But a more structured visit that the one you were, you were putting together was really great. Uh, you know, you always have visitors where you feel, hmm, why did they even go or bother? But, but this group of people were so keen, so curious, so interested that we all really enjoyed it. And what happens every time you get visitors, you always learn a lot yourself. One thing that struck me after your visit was actually when I think back when I joined this this business many years ago and we went on conferences somewhere in the world, I realized we always had very different challenges in our countries or markets. But I, I would say the last couple of years, every time I meet people from other countries, it's really funny. We have more or less the same challenges we're working for to solve. And, and somehow I think it makes it easier for us to talk together because we have the same challenges, probably the same solutions to them as well. So, so there was a lot of talking going on and, and that was really interesting for us.
1: Well, absolutely. I, I, I just endorse everything you've you you, you you've just said. I mean, the thing that one of the things that we were talking about the most, and I think subsequently a lot of the the retailers from, you know, I think we had 15 different countries at least, attending we're talking about was was your pipeline for supplier innovation for product innovation um and it's a multiple supplier universe isn't it for for that pipeline i mean we we've highlighted certain certain of those suppliers over the years particularly uh at, at the protein kitchen but there's a you you, you you've helped um what's the word Cultivate, is that the perhaps the right word, a really, really strong supplier pipeline, haven't you, Jesper?
2: Yes, I think that's the perfect word to use, to use for that. Um, I think back in 2011-12, where we basically formed our new strategy for Denmark, we decided that to become a destination for food, to become a destination for exciting products that could not be bought elsewhere, we had to have a very, very close relationship with small upcoming companies, very innovative innovative people. And, and Protein Kitchen was one of the first that we sort of started working together with. Uh, Cecily on the picture you show here is, uh, is a great girl. She had some ideas. She started producing some salads in her kitchen in her home and came to us and said, I have an idea. How can I sort of continue? So since then, we have been working a lot uh, with inviting in these very small upcoming companies and supporting them, helping them, mentoring them in terms of discussing what would you think or what would we think would work with you, which kind of products, which kind of ingredients, how, which kind of wrapping should we go for in terms of the climate debate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so we have really become, uh, I would say, a stage where early, uh, upcoming, innovative people comes to us and talks about their ideas. And that's, it, that's exactly the goal we had back in, in, in 2012. So that secures that we today have exciting product ranges. Very often we have the products exclusively for, let's say, three to six months before they go to the rest of the market. So, so that is a vital part of our strategy and our business model.
1: I mean, it's quite a it's quite a feat, isn't it? Making yourself this st- I love the way you put that, the stage, you know, for these discussions and ideas to, you know, to happen. And then you have that in return, you have that exclusivity for a for a good period of time, you know, a reasonable period of time. Um, have you seen that? Very exciting, I think. And it's 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 obviously something a lot of the industry wants to strive for it, it would have been one of the topics that we'd all been in agreement on um but obviously it's difficult to get there isn't it um do, do you do you um do you have you seen obviously the other question i should ask is have you seen some big sales you know some big sales and profits uh, as a result of the success of that strategy has, that, has is it working for the business
2: yeah it definitely works for the business um when we started, I would I would think that what we classify as healthier choices, i.e., salads, etc., uh, accounted for perhaps five percent of our total turnover when it comes to food and be- uh, beverages. But that accounts for close to thirty eight percent today. So so that has definitely worked. Uh, we have grown the customer base uh, year on year. So so we are we have many more customers per store per day today than we had back then. Uh, And we can see when we do our analysis that the new customers coming into our stores are actually customers buying these products. So if we had opted or decided that time, no, that's not going to work. It's not part of our business because it is challenging. You don't have exactly the same high margins as you have on a hot dog or a pizza. But if we had not done that, we would only have had like 50% of the daily customers as we have today. So, So that has sort of secured our Long-term uh, future, I'm pretty sure. If we look at our next five years in terms of where's the growth coming from, comparable growth, not opening new stores, it is from these products as well, where we see the growth coming. So it's really exciting.
1: I absolutely and 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 it was thrilling to see this the success that you're that you're having with that. Well, I think one of the other things that struck us was um, was some of your thinking and your commercial success in terms of looking at at the airport location that uh, that uh, you, you know you're 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 working in uh, at Copenhagen mm-hmm. and um you've had a lot of success in in that in that very different uh, kind of space yeah. that unique type of space haven't you
2: yes yes we have we have we have been operating stores in in the airport for many many years but for for many years we sort of never got allowed so to say to operate stores in the what we say is the real airport namely the airside we had one store on our side but that was sort of far away from the, the center of the airport uh, but what happened last year was that they were running they were running a tender uh, for convenience stores in the airport and we won that tender uh, back in in uh, autumn last year and right now these days we are actually sort of materializing what we got out of it so what it means is we are currently opening new stores side as well, uh, we are establishing uh, new vending uh, solutions. We have not been working with vending in Denmark before, uh, but we have been working with uh, the, te- the technology side, the product range side, uh, and then we have established this uh, branded 7-Eleven Go to, to sort of let the customer know this is not the normal range in a man store. Um, So this is exciting. We currently operate six what we call vending islands in the airport. It's still early days. But when everything is opened, we will be operating 11 7 manned stores and 89 vending machines throughout the whole airport and one cafe. So so basically 12 manned stores and 89 vending machines. So, I
1: ha- I'm glad you repeated that, that <laughs> second number because it's huge, isn't it?
2: It is huge. And it will be the airport in the world with most 7-Eleven stores. So it, it's really, we have our footprint all over the airport, which we are so excited about. So, so uh, yeah, it's really exciting days. The turnover we are achieving in the airport when everything is built and ready is really, really high. So so it has become a huge part of our business and uh, that's exciting. We get allowed to show our products and the brand for so many travelers every year. Copenhagen Airport is the biggest in Scandinavia, so so we are really happy about this situation.
1: I love you've you've almost rethought vending, haven't you a bit? We
2: we have been trying to rethink vending because our own experience has been so far, you know, it's basically soft drinks or water. And very often, if you are uh, thirsty, you want to buy water, then it didn't work. You couldn't get access to it. It was too complicated. So we have been working on uh, the the technology quite for a while. And we think we are there now. So, So it's really seamless business. It's really easy to access. Everybody knows how to do it. So so uh, so far, we actually can see that uh, our turnover coming from vending is close to the double of our budget. So it's really performing well.
1: Well, I can see why you know um, because nobody likes queuing, and every there's such a a need for for immediate consumption, isn't there? In 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 that type of airport environment. Um, So you know, in a way, you've secured the business for the future with your with your new supplier pipeline and and the kind of you know the this, the the relationship you created there with with all these exciting new businesses who are willing to take risks and try innovative things and uh, you know really be at the the leading edge of uh, of product innovation um, and then you you know you've, you you're you're doing very well in in all, all aspects of your business what do you think looking ahead you know to next five years yes uh, but um, what does the future look like for the convenience industry in um, in Denmark and perhaps you could say more more widely than, than Denmark as well?
2: I, th- I think, first of all, as said when we talked about your visit in Denmark, uh, I think convenience operators, convenience, convenience business in general gets more and more similar. So in the old days, we traveled a lot to get inspiration. We still do that. We still get a lot of inspiration, but we don't see that big differences from country to country anymore. So, so I think we have accomplished a lot in the industry in general, and it all focuses on food and beverages, really. It does here in Scandinavia as well. So it's hard to say what happens in five years, but I think things happen much faster than my first 10 years in the industry. So we really have to up ourselves. We really have to work even faster because our competitors in the Danish market there is doing pretty well as well. They have learned how to, to develop products as well. They have learned how to be very fast to the market with new, new things. So, so every time we talk about this from a strategic angle, we just emphasize the importance of being even faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, where should the growth come from in Denmark the next five to 10 years? We have a quite bold ambition. We are going to double our turnover from 21 in 27. That requires quite a lot, I can tell you. But uh we are really, we are on track. We are developing, we have good growth, we have more customers coming into our stores. And the main focus is still, as it was 10 years ago, food bakery, and hot and cold burgers. And that's really where we think we have to be the best in the future as well. We we do think we are the best today, but we have to be that in five years as well. And, you know, the, the convenience industry, at least in Scandinavia, was many, many years based on the traditional kiosk products like magazines, newspapers, tobacco, and all these categories. We still have them, but they are declining dramatically. So what i said 10 years ago is i assume that one thing that won't change is that we still need to drink and eat no matter how the technology develops so you know you don't buy a physical newspaper today a printed newspaper well Not many do, but you read news on on digital solutions. But we still have to eat and drink. So so at that time, we felt it was wise to focus on that. And we believe that will be the future as well. So the question is, how can we make sure we are still the best in that area in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Um, I remember when we started talking about freshly made sandwiches in store 10 years ago, I remember my board saying, hmm very resistant. I'm not sure it works too much labor cost, but everybody does, does that today. I think our next move will be a much more restaurant feel, a much more uh, product driven uh, solution where we actually make more on demand. That is labor consuming as well. I'm, I'm aware of that, mm-hmm. but I just feel if we don't do it, we might not be around in five years. So, so the focus we have is a lot on our values our most important value is our customers our bus i.e we have to be extremely customer centric and whatever the customer expects from us we have to deliver that if we don't the competitor will
1: no well i completely completely endorse that and and, um well i think that's a very valid picture for the future i mean what i would like to say um just Thank you very much for again spending time with us for for this conversation, for hosting us so well in March. And I think one of the reasons the global industry is moving so fast, Jesper, is that you know we we have leading lights who are willing to share, you know, what they and their teams are, are doing and all the hard work, you know, be, behind it. And and that, you know, I think that the 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 phrase is, you know, um, a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, doesn't it? And the industry is very joined up these days, isn't it? And and I yes. think that's really helping us accelerate um and, uh, across different markets yeah all right jesper nice talking to you
2: you too thank you very much
0: thank you for listening to shop talk live the podcast this episode was produced by dan munford and nick scherzer with support from jenna ferguson and lorraine evans it was produced edited and mixed by carolyn Schneer, and music was provided by wolfgang warley tune in every other week for new episodes and please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and learn more at globalconveniencestorefocus.co.uk.